Hello. Howdy. Oh, boy. Today is a great episode. And we said every episode, but like this we one do. was especially great. Yeah. Kai West from Are You The One, MTV's um, dating reality show with the first sexually fluid cast is here. Um, they are amazing. They're super great. I had the best time talking to them. They're like so articulate, so wonderful. Um, there are spoilers about the show if you haven't finished it mm-hmm. um, or you live under a rock. Uh, <laughs> maybe don't listen, but um, yeah. But just, similar to like Danny's episode, yeah. it was like, one of those other ones where I was just blown away by like, wow, these so emotionally intelligent and yeah. like they had such a good understanding for like what it meant to be on that show yes. and and I, intentions going in and and the journey throughout and also just like the journey that you know he's been on since you know childhood and from Rhode Island and stuff so I had the best time yeah and I think you're all gonna absolutely love it let's not cut it into the not make it take any longer what did you just say say, let's not cut it short but i was just trying let's get to the episode yeah i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me yay welcome to finding my yum i'm so excited today because we have kai west here you know kai from are you the one on mtv (laughs) but also actor artist and lgbtq activist so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me yeah um so, I like I we got connected through Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, are you from LA? No, um, I'm actually from Rhode Island. Whoa, yeah. tiny! I know. I ran out of there as fast <laughs> as I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I I've actually never been to Rhode Island. Before. It's okay. Yeah, it's like a postcard for like two weeks in October when like fall hits and you're like, wow, this is gorgeous. Yeah, and then it turns into like seasonal depression okay so yeah <laughs> i mean it's cute but you you've can got like walk across it it's so tiny right? essentially i yeah. think it's something like 50 miles tall by 30 mi- miles wide something like that wow. i might be like off with that but i know it's only an hour <laughs> top to bottom because people would ask me all the time like oh do you live by the ocean and i'm like no but Better it's like a 40 minute drive like <laughs> yeah. that's it and i'm at the opposite end of the state right that's like so. in tucson i was like 45 minutes from mexico hmm. that's not like that at all but it's like that but it's not like that (laughs) but uh relatable yeah um how long have you been out here uh i've been out here for about four and a half years now okay cool yeah i was i grew up in rhode island i went to school in boston i was there for about five years and then i've been out here for about four and a half amazing Mm -hmm. well i want to get into the show and congrats on winning by the way thank you thank you my wallet is happy yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely that's a lot of money (laughs) <laughs> more like, money than I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, I was impressed. Just I like, yeah, I don't know. It was such a dramatic reveal too. I can't even yeah. imagine that feeling of like, oh, fuck. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about growing up in Rhode Island and what that experience was. We talk a lot about sex education because I think, I don't know, it's such an interesting topic in this country about how we deal with sex and even talking to the youth about it. And I think it's slowly changing on the coast, but it's pretty similar, you know, uh, antiquated in like the middle of the country. And so I'm curious, like, yeah, um, you know, the thing about Rhode Island is uh, you've got your liberal parts. You know, we're talking about the same state that has uh, Rhode Island School of Design, one of the best design country. design schools in the entire country. You've got Brown University there, like all in Providence, right? right? But Providence is his own little pocket. 
the rest of it, it's like, it's pretty wooded. You know, like I grew up in the middle of the woods. And when I say that, I mean, literally, let's bring it up on Google Maps. I show <laughs> this to people and I'm like, look at all the trees. The trees, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is why I was afraid of scary movies because they all happen in the middle of the woods with dark windows. Totally. I was afraid of my windows as a child. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, the way that I grew up at the time uh, was still of the mindset of like, oh, if you're gay, you're not going to live a normal life. You know, like I was not, I was like, oh no, when I started to realize my own sexuality, because the way... Let me backtrack for just a second. Uh, yeah. The short version is that I've come out like three times in my life now. Okay. Um, it doesn't really get easier, just FYI. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> get more anxiety and, as and an adult. Can see, what are your pronouns? <laughs> yeah, um, so my pronouns are he, him, or they, them. And I'm pretty comfortable with either. You can switch it up in the same sentence. doesn't really bother me. Okay. Um, but so I came out as gay when I was 15. Okay. When I was still in high school. And then... That's young. Yeah, I just, I realized at a young age that my sexuality was different, but it wasn't until my adulthood that I realized that my gender identity was a bit different as well, and so that wasn't until about 2016, that's when I came out about my gender identity, and then through that process, there was also coming to terms with the fact that I was like, oh, shit, I guess I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. So... There was like, you know, there was coming out as uh, what I, and when I thought I was a lesbian, and then there was coming out as non-binary, and then there was also coming out again about my sexuality, that it was a lot more fluid than I first anticipated. And just out of curiosity, because this has come up for me a lot too, especially this year, I started experimenting and exploring way more than I ever have. I've had my first experiences with women, um, and, uh, you know, I think there's this did it feel important for you to come out in a big way so that like you could own the changes and like the the new identity the the identity that you were associating with like was that important to you so that it was sort of like these three different iterations or did you feel like there was more pressure from the outside that like you had to make it clear um I would say it was a little bit of both in the sense that uh, I had always been very like out and proud, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, Kai's gay, uh, duh. It was kind of like a, <laughs> everyone always knew, right? But so right. then when that started to evolve, I felt the need to put it out there more about who I was um, in order to just change the narrative a little bit because mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I, people thought I was straight and now it's like, oh, he's queer. It was like, oh, no, we already know that he's queer, but wait, that's evolving. Got it. Um, and, and so making sure that people knew what that was and what that new version of that was for me. And then also, too, there's, a, you know, I think specifically with um, identities that are not like as readily or fully accepted such as like a non-binary identity that's a little bit more for someone to wrap their head around Mm -hmm. and even for myself personally and so by putting it out there more publicly it was not only being like a face for other people like myself Mm -hmm. but also of like being like yeah this is who I am and almost like owning it for myself you know because when you live in an in-between you're constantly bombarded with uh, living in a world of trying to get you in a lane Mm-hmm. You know, and totally. so even like it messes with your own head. Like I have days where I'm like, am I just like afraid to be a man? <laughs> am I just afraid to be a woman? Is that why is that mm-hmm. why I feel this way? And I'm like, no, that's not it. I've done all of this thinking. This is just society pressuring me. This is me buying into a binary that didn't make me feel comfortable in the first place. 
you know but when you live in that world where like literally everything mm-hmm. you do is like that you almost have to I almost feel like by shouting out to the world it validates for me over and over again yeah absolutely no I, I resonate with that 100% I think a lot of stuff that has come up on this podcast too of is just how rigid we are with labels and identifying mm-hmm. people and like even in my past I feel like I had to label somebody um so that I understood it so I didn't have to deal with the stuff that it was bringing up in my own self you know yes because when people don't <laughs> subscribe to the world that we've created and the rules that we decide are hard and fast mm-hmm. it makes me challenge and question like oh what's my reality is my reality real as well and mm-hmm. that's triggering as fuck oh absolutely you know like of course like we can and we can see that so prevalent in this country of just like everybody is triggering and just like (laughs) like emotionally reacting immediately we all want to make our own reality without um taking the time to understand each other's yeah you know and i can totally say that i've been guilty of that before and i've actively worked on it but in realizing that I've wanted to carve that space and want people to understand me, it's made me more empathetic to other people at the same time, yeah. you know? And I do have quite a few people now that, like, will approach me and say, you know, I got to be honest, I'm starting to question things a little bit, and, and I find that I'm, I more readily hold space for people yeah. now that I've lived through that myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so in Rhode Island, uh, do you have siblings? Yeah, uh, I'm the oldest of three. I have two younger sisters. One is two years younger than I am, and the other one's nine years younger than I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was your sex education there? Like, what was the conversation around sex? And Non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> Not even in school? Like, barely. I mean, we had health class, but, okay. like, I barely remember it. And I remember, I remember like, just reading the textbook out loud and everyone giggling at the word gonorrhea. Like, that was mostly <laughs> That's the it. Word. Essentially, you know? It is a funny word. I will, yeah. I will say that. And um, what's interesting, actually, uh, so back when I came out in high school, it still, it wasn't, even then, like, it wasn't really okay to be gay. Like, we had this one teacher who I became really close with and was everyone's, like, favorite teacher, right? He was obviously homosexual. Like, mm-hmm. one of those people that you're like, okay yeah you know like his ringtone went off one day and it was American Boy by Estelle and like he was <laughs> going on about how much he loved the Spice Girls and like things like that sure. but in my town it wasn't like oh like you're definitely gay it was like no 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 he's just metro right but, you know like things like that and he I just, think back and I'm yeah. like whoa wow people live love to live in denial yeah, yeah yeah you know and so at the time um I it was interesting when I came out, I was one of the first kids to do so that wasn't just like that quiet kid in the corner that reads that everyone just will make fun of, you know, mm-hmm. and because you know, there were other kids in my school, only a handful of them, but it was just like all the asshole jocks would make fun of them and say things. And for me, like I was a three sport varsity athlete. I was on student council, class council. I did the morning announcements. I was the MC at the pep rally. So everybody knew who I was and it was a small school. So when I came out, it was like, oh, wait, we can't make fun of Kai the same way that we do, especially because I'll get in your face and say something about it. Sure. You know, yeah, I had, yeah, you're super visible. I had, um, I had an ex-boyfriend who had reached out to me after I'd come out and I was like, why is he texting me? This is so weird. And then like, I find out. In high out, school? Or in like, high school. Oh. In high school. And th- I'll keep it short, but like a friend of mine told me that he was telling the baseball team that he was going to try to quote, like turn me back. And I was like, oh my fuck God. this. <laughs> Hell no. 
<laughs> and he was also like messing with one of my friends at the same time. And so oh, like Jesus. this was before I had found my spine. Like this is when I was a little baby gay and I was like, <laughs> I don't stand up to people, but I'm going to. And I like, went off to him at lunch, I, like at the lunch table. This is when I was a senior and he's got all of his jock friends around him. And I was like, I have a bone to pick with you. I was like, what's wrong with you? What high horse are you on? Do I need to slap a fucking rainbow on my forehead for you to get it? <laughs> and then I like threatened him and was like, I will take your balls this and is make you eat them. Like, <laughs> It was this whole thing and like it was actually really dramatic like the lunchroom went silent and I couldn't even I was standing over him at this point because I was so like mad about it I was yeah. like how dare you who do you think you are and then I ended and everyone just stayed there and I walked out of the lunchroom and no one moved until I walked <laughs> out and then I go back to my math class and I was like oh my god fuck what did I just do what did I just do oh my god and then all of his friends come in they were like dude high five like he needed to hear that that was great yeah that's such a good it was like an epic moment and so it's funny so like after that and whatnot um my sister that i mentioned that's a bit younger than i am she's only two years younger so she was in high school with me okay at the same time and she told me she was like kai it's kind of interesting like after you came out it just kind of became okay at school you know, wow. and I went back and visited actually last year because I had to go back for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. And um, now they've got like all this like inclusive uh, education and they've Whoa. got like trans flags on the wall and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, that was not the high school that I went to. Yeah. Wow. So I'm really happy to see that progress has been made. Yeah. And that you were a big part of that. I mean, it's cool. It feels really good. You know, I don't know what's happening during health class still. Sure. But (laughs) yeah, baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably still SDI focused and uh, STD, whatever they call it now. Like penetration. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. I just, it's the eye roll. I know. I mean, that's why I think it's such an interesting topic is because like, I feel like the majority of it, like I remember reading a book like a young adult fiction yeah where (laughs) they were having sex but i didn't even understand what it was like i didn't even i couldn't even conceptualize of like you know a penis going into a vagina because it was two hetero people and it was so silent like in the book and i was like this is not how it happens there's supposed to be like music and fireworks and like this is awful (laughs) oh yeah i mean i I remember I had my first kiss with a girl with Dashboard Confessional playing in the background. <laughs> and I was like, this nice. is an epic moment. I will remember <laughs> for the rest of my life. Oh my. And yes, I remember the song. It was stolen. It was super <laughs> cheesy. If you know it. Oh my God. Yeah. But I was like, this is the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. I remember in high school um, when I had boyfriends, like all these girls were like going around and like, this is when I was kind of approved. I'm definitely not now, obviously. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, all these girls are going around and like fucking their boyfriends. Like, whoa, I must be like so in control. <laughs> wow. And then I realized I was gay and I was like, ah, oops, now, <laughs> now I'm horny. <laughs> now I get it. I just didn't want your dick at yeah, the time. <laughs> I just didn't want it. Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like that's similar. I mean, I, I was super prudish too. And then I mm-hmm. freaked out in college, but in like this really destructive way where everybody thought that I was a slut but I was just like I wanted people to like hold me so I would like shack you just all cuddle these- me yeah I would like shack I'm a cuddle slut guys- <laughs> I was like such a tease I felt oh man but yeah now I feel like I'm definitely further on the spectrum of like- I've overcome my shame yeah that internalized shame that small town will <laughs> burn into your soul yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so when you went to you went to school in Boston mm-hmm. um 
was Boston different then? Was that like a yeah, like a whole other world? Yeah. Um, I went to Emerson College in Boston, which if you know anything about that school, it's Princeton Review, number one gay-friendly school in the country. Oh, I and actually didn't know that. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that until <laughs> I got there. Because <laughs> I, you know, I had come out, I had figured out that I was gay about like the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And then I'd come out, I ended up coming out my senior year and was just oh, like, Was your family it. like receptive to um, it? Sort of. You know, not at the time. Okay. They came around, okay. you know, but my, uh, I have a lot of trauma surrounding that in the sense that like my, I got outed by my parents. They forced me to come out to them in high school. That's because they find out. I got found out that I snuck off to my ex-girlfriend's house and they put a tracking device in my car. Whoa. Yeah. So okay. I'm like that person that's like, no, fuck you. I don't care how long we're dating. You don't know the password to my phone. Right. <laughs> like, that's, got it. I'm like, you need to understand. But they ended up coming around and like coming off of that, going to school. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to come out all over again. Like, da, 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 da. Mm. People pinned me right away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized how like gay friendly the school was. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. So I really felt like I came into myself and I going to Emerson was one of the best decisions of my life. I loved that school. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you mm -hmm. study acting there? No, actually. Um I just projected all my feelings and dated actors. Oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're a great group. I did the same thing. <laughs> right? Like so but I did study um I actually wanted to go to art school. Okay. And you know, my parents were like, You're not gay, <laughs> nor are you artsy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to be a gay faggot in high in college, like whatever. But so I went to school for journalism initially. And then, you know, once you're creative, always creative. And yeah. I met a bunch of film kids and I ended up um, switching over and I took a bunch of film classes and then dated actors and did the whole thing of like, yeah, I'll read lines with you late at night, like over and over again. <laughs> yes, I'll go to your play. Like, sure. Right. <laughs> you your know? improv show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you came out here. So then what was the whole... Like, did you ever just think that you would be on a reality show? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hell no. No. You know, was so the way that that ended up happening is because so I actually had um, let me out here. Obviously, you've got a lot of people who do like big things in public media and whatnot. And I had met a couple really big like YouTuber friends and whatnot. And I was like, that was just really fucking rad. And th they were all queer, you know. <sighs> and I had always just wanted to put myself out there a little bit more. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm going to do it. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, um, this is going to tie in. In terms of the reality show or just even and doing acting and like, like pursuing Just like pursuing the things that I yeah. wanted to, you know. I realized that I came from a world of like, don't rock the boat. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to rock the boat as hard as I want. And so um, this is actually one of the things that Danny and I bonded over and mm -hmm. why we like balanced each other out because yeah. he had said that he came from a family that was similar in that way, but like he had decided to like align with that and stay the straight path. And I was like, no, nope, fuck that. I'm just going to do everything he told me not to, like get tattoos and bleach my hair and be trans, you know? <laughs> so um, that had kind of given me the courage to start like pursuing some of that stuff. And then that was also when I started really putting myself out there via my Instagram and like documenting my transition and all that type of stuff. And did I did you document like the were you visible throughout the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I 
I wasn't, I didn't document like as articulately as like some other people out there, but I was very open about my journey and I ended up posting like very much about uh, like how I came to terms with things, my like coming out about changing my name, um, about my gender identity and getting top surgery and posting about that. Um, I temporarily did a YouTube channel with a couple of buddies of mine didn't end up working out so that doesn't exist anymore but like at the time it was really cool we were all documenting this journey together and then because I was putting myself out there I I was discoverable in some way um and so I ended up getting a a direct message from someone on the casting team that was like hey you should apply for the show and I was like do you you take trans people and they were like so long as you're sexually fluid we don't care so I said okay Sure. And so that's how I ended up getting involved in that process. Wow. Just kind of like luck of the draw, draw after I just I had really it's interesting. It came up when it did because I had been going around like telling people I'm like, I'm going to fucking go for it. I'm just going to try to do yeah. it. I'm going to try to do the acting thing. I want to put myself out there. And then this kind of fell in my lap. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. Yeah. You know, and then to also realize that it was the first of its kind and all queer i was like yes sign me up 100 (laughs) percent. i'm here for it right yeah i mean i I, yeah i don't know how you say no to that (laughs) especially when it feels like such a monumental step absolutely absolutely um i'd love to go back a little bit to your journey and even in posting about it like when you um when you look back because We've ha- we had Chaz Bono on and watched his documentary. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I feel like, was one of the first of the time to really document, like, what that looks like, what even top surgery looks like, what mm-hmm. the emotional journey, particularly for him, was. Um, and, it, you know, I think a lot of people just aren't familiar with making that even type of decision because, like, you know, I almost feel like heteronormative people like it's it's a it's a gift to just like have to to be able to fit into the subscribed norm for the most part right like uh and so I'm just curious like looking back was the visibility helpful like are there big takeaways that you have from it like moving into sort of coming into LA and like where you're at now yeah I mean um on a really personal level it actually helped so let me backtrack that yeah. sentence real quick. Um, when you transition in any sense, right, I've, I'm really clear to people of, like, this is what my personal journey is. Right. This is what mine looks like. Other people's look the way that they have, right? Um, in a transition, you don't have to medically transition. You know, you could just be changing your pronouns mm-hmm. or just be asking people, like, hey, look, I, I'm going by a new name now, right? But when you do that, and especially when you medically transition and your physical appearance and everything changes – it's not just a physical change, it's a mental change, an emotional change, and a social change. And the social change was a lot bigger than I realized it would be. Mm. You know, like I had always surrounded myself with queer people, but uh, mostly like a lot of lesbians, right? And it was interesting to watch, you know, I just kind of got like less invites to things as I started to be more masculine, you know? Like some things like that, or like it's the whole thing of like that, that bullshit about, oh my gosh, like you're a lesbian, but you like sleep with guys. Ugh. And I'm like, can we just yeah. get rid of that, please? Like, yeah. fuck that. Fuck that gold star bullshit. Like <laughs> all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but what I found is by putting myself out there online, 
in the world that we live in now, right? It's not like, hey, add me on Facebook. It's, hey, let me get your Instagram. Like, we ask for Instagrams more than we do each other's numbers yeah. now, right? Yeah. And because of that, I felt like it made my life a lot easier that it was like, hey, you just met me or you've known me a long time. And now you see, here's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the points that you need to know. Like, you don't have to go and oh, I see. ask yeah, me yeah, everything. Yeah. You've right. got like the resume on who is Kai <laughs> right there at your fingertips. So it actually made things a lot easier for me. I felt like um, it saved a lot of awkward conversations. You know, there was a lot less correcting people on my name because people had caught on. Um, oh, that is a really interesting aspect of yeah. social media that I hadn't thought about. Yeah, people, they just know. Yeah, it was so much easier. Yeah. And so like it was a really easy way to come out to everybody and then also like avoid a, like a good chunk of awkward conversation sure so you know because there was a period of time of like going out and be like oh actually that's not my name anymore oh actually that's not that you Got know it. like okay and like correcting people here and there right but then it comes to a point where people just catch on you yeah. know and then there were people that like i hadn't seen in a long time that just automatically knew and i could tell them like oh i'm happy that they're paying attention yeah you know like i put that out there not to educate but also like my personal life was easier because of it yeah you know some people think they're like oh you put yourself out there you're so brave like and I'm like yeah it's brave but it actually made my life easier to do that so yeah I mean it is brave though like I I don't want you to diminish that because <laughs> it is I mean you know I would like to think that our society has progressed quite a bit but as we can yeah. see like there's a huge progression and a huge regression like simultaneously yeah. happening and so to be visible you know that is a lot of what I'm looking for and doing with this podcast too of like talking about things openly because mm -hmm. this idea of like closing the door and letting it all happen behind closed doors where we just don't talk about it is nuts it's like it's like we all shit no one wants yeah, to talk about we it. All <laughs> fucking shit, and it all smells. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay. People think this shit don't stink. I go, everybody shit stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's insane too when we like, especially we had. I, I don't know if you did. You grow up religious at all? Was that even like not a, really? We you know? like went to church, and then I was a soccer player, and it was on Sundays, so <laughs> <laughs> that became my religion. <laughs> But I feel like a lot, like we walk around as severed heads sort mm. of in this country of like we like disjoint from the rest of our body and we're super cerebral. And so like the more that we can even watch people of all different types who just own their own sexuality, the more that it's empowering for everybody and mm -hmm. gives permission for everybody to 100%. express themselves. Yeah. yeah and, and I feel like the more vulnerable we are about the way that we feel of, I think that, um, we all want to feel so like certain in the things that we're saying to someone, yeah. you know, even, even if you're going to bring up religion, right? Like yeah. be like, Hey, I'm insert religion, whatever. I'm mm -hmm. Buddhist. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you almost feel the need to like prove that to someone. Right. And they're mm -hmm. like, Oh, like, are you practicing? Like da da da. when like so much of life and like what it is that we claim about ourselves and labels are so murky and gray and like nothing is set. So it's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm Buddhist, but, like, I am, and I just hope you accept that, but I'm, like, kind of unsure about it, or I don't believe in all of it, but that's how I feel, you know, right. and, like, allowing space for that gray area, yeah. right, which is something that I really feel 
like I want I try to advocate for and I'm not even I'm not the best at it I know that I I can put out a polished image out there and I don't even mean to sometimes because mm-hmm. we just we want people to see something a certain way right. but I think well, there's so much part of inherently what social media is asking exactly right? but like that's why I've also gone on there to to speak about like vulnerability and be like hey like I'm confused and that's okay, you know, and that's when I get messages from people being like, thank you. I'm also yeah. confused. And I'm like, we're all confused. We're all <laughs> confused. Yeah. I said this before, but I, like, I love even thinking about honestly, the way that humans perceive the world, like through our eyes, we take in an image, we flip it upside down and we cre- recreate it. Like our brains recreate it. So we're all mm-hmm. seeing like 100% different the reality things. that we have through our own eyes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That we want to create and po- things pop out that are important to us. And we don't know what anybody else is looking at. So mm-hmm. it, it is all completely variable, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, amazing. So then the opportunity comes up for, are you the one? Mm-hmm. And so did you go into the show with a particular intention? Was there like, was there a particular goal or was it just to have this experience? Um, I mean, there's the personal side of, I went there just saying I was going to just be myself Mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, I wasn't going to try to be anybody else. I wasn't going to try to love differently. I was just going to leave myself open to the experience and just go for it. You know, um, on the other side, there was absolutely my like visibility agenda where I was like, I knew for a fact that me being there was a big deal and also identifying deal. the way mm-hmm. that I did. And my thing was, is that I felt really, really passionately about the visibility and what I was representing. And I didn't want to make a fool of myself, but at the same time, also just really being like, I'm one person and I might represent something for my community, but I am not my community. My yeah. community is its own entity and I am just one human and I'm just going to be a human. And that's that. And by seeing someone just be themselves, I think is a lot more powerful than like trying to pretend to be this like polished image or anything like that, you yeah. know. Um, I think that's such an important distinction, too. I think a lot of people who are in marginalized communities, Mm -hmm. like when you are visible, it does almost feel like you then have this like burden of representing everybody Mm -hmm. and doing everything, you know, and that's unfair. So to have awareness (laughs) around that is. But there were a couple things that I did do intentionally. And one that was walk around with my shirt off as much as possible. I did that. I mean, yes, it was super hot and humid there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like grateful to do that. But also I was like, I am going to walk around with my top surgery scar so that you cannot edit around it. You ah. cannot. <laughs> you know, because I'm, okay. I'm yes. cognizant of the fact that I've seen other, um, you know, uh, trans identifying folks on other shows here and there. And I'm very aware of when like top surgery scars are being hidden or things like that. Mm. And I was like, no, this is going to be out there for the world to see. Like this is one version of a non-binary body that, you're going to see in your face. I love that. And then the other part was knowing that I was going to be taking my testosterone there. Um, Mm -hmm. The scene that I did with Jenna um, was not contrived in any way. That's very natural. However, I did work with producers to make sure that it was filmed. Okay. Um, And so I, I spoke with them and was like, I think that this is really important and I don't want to do it behind closed doors. I've never seen anyone do this on a reality show or pretty much any show. Yeah. You know, the only time that I've seen that type of content is um, really in like documentary work and that's about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I was like, I'm, I want to do it. And so I worked with them just to make sure that there were cameras around 
Um, and I was really happy and I was super surprised when they had released it as its own clip and everything. But, you know, like those specific things were very important to me that people see it because my thing is, is the more visible something is, the more we normalize it and we're more, Absolutely. more we normalize it, we're more, the more we humanize it. And then it's just like you and me sitting at a table, having a conversation where we see each other as equals and that's that, Right. you know, and we can also fully understand each other's experiences. Like, Part of the reason why I wanted like Jenna to be with me during that is because like first of all, moral support when you're sticking an inch and a half needle in your leg is great. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. You know, That's and then true. also too, like she was some, uh, someone I was interested in, and my thing was is if you're gonna love me, you're gonna love all of me, and this is a part of who like, I am. Yeah. This is part of my experience. So come and live this with me, please. And if you're on board, get on board. You know, if you're not, all right, you saw it, and now you can go your other direction. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And uh, I'm curious just even about like the production and producers and the whole crew. I imagine they brought on, I don't know if it was the same producers, but it sounds like they were very open and willing to move with you guys in whatever capacity, you know, the show went. Yeah. Um, what was really awesome is that it became very clear that the producers all knew what they had their hands on. Cool. So it was not only a big deal to us as a cast to be on this show, it was a big deal for them to be working on it. Oh, cool. You know, and so they had said to us, they're like, we're on your team. Like, we don't want you to think that this is just like a reality show where we're trying to exploit you. Like, I mean, yes, they're producers. They're going to produce us a little right. bit, right, in order to push a storyline here or there. Right. But in general, they were like, we have your backs. If you look bad, we look bad. You know, and then also, too, as I've as I've uh, told everybody, they did a whole like glad media training and everything with everybody on the crew. It, wow. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that there was education going into that and stuff, you know, and also too like, you know, no one like resisted anything like there was a lot of like two way education too. like we were a bunch of kids that, you know, I. I said this, I think I got interviewed by Vice and they quoted me on it, but I was like, you know, you watch the other seasons and like the bullshit that some of these people are fighting about. You're like, really <laughs> find something more important in the right. world. But like for us, some of the conversations, like there was an argument in the house about someone insulting someone, calling them a bitch. And they were like, you can't use that because that's a gendered term. So you want to insult them? Fine. But <laughs> sure. find a new insult. Right. You know? Let's talk about. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, that's a queer <laughs> asshole for you being like, you want to you want to call her something fine, but don't call her a bitch because it's gendered, <laughs> you know. But even totally. so, like, um. We all know that it takes a little bit of practice to to work they them pronouns into your vernacular just because Absolutely. we're not taught yeah. to speak that way. And even so, like anytime like there were a couple of times like a camera guy might accidentally call Basit he and we would all speak up and be like, It's they, it's they and we would be like, We will not move until you correct yourself. <laughs> You know, yeah, wow. and, and yes. we were very adamant about it. We really all had each other's backs and everybody got on board, you know, and they really worked with us. So I feel really blessed for the people that we got to work with. Yeah. Um, and especially like the head story producer, too. She put in so much work and had so much passion for us and for making sure that we told our stories right. Mm -hmm. And in a way that treated us like humans and that was educational, but at the same time, entertaining and, and just treated us like anybody else because we should be treated like anybody else right you know right and I feel like that would be my fear going into it or even starting I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure there were so many meetings and conversations about it because you know 
I think reality TV in general is exploitative. It's got a bad rep. Yeah. yeah. And so then when you put it with people who are already exploited or, you know, have been marginalized, it is like a, a fine line. And it is yeah. it is like a tricky territory. They knew that if they fucked it up, they would begin the heat. You know, oh, that's the yeah. world we live oh in God. now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so between honestly between our cast and then the crew like they really created something beautiful and like i i watch it and i'm i'm still i'm like we did that yeah like, whoa that's awesome but also too like just even like the first episode itself mm-hmm. just take that and like everything that's said in that it's so incredible that that's even happening in one episode one of episode. something it on national television something amazing yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what struck me. Like, immediately when I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is mm-hmm. different. Also, you guys were talking in terms that were so different than I had ever heard people talk about sexuality or even being a part of, the, you know, the, the queer community or sexual fluidity. Like, it, it, it was so revolutionary. And to just think of, like, I used to watch Next on MTV when I was yeah. in high school, you know? Or, like, these really intense binary, like, you know, hetero shows. That I rewatched. Watched Terrible. an episode of that recently, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" I was not a woke kid. What the fuck oh was that? Oh my god, they were awful. <laughs> Terrible. Right? But then to think, like, you know, ten years later, 15, 20 years later, this is what they're doing. Is mm-hmm. it makes my heart like so yeah. warm and yeah. happy. It makes me happy because this has now set the pres- precedent yes. for other things like it. You yeah. know, and you know, it's a shame that shows like The Bachelor like still won't cast a black guy. Mm-hmm. still won't do it right yeah. yeah but you've got you look at our cast and you see the success and like the cult following and yeah. the and i was interviewed by npr npr <laughs> does not <laughs> does not report on reality television yeah, right you know but and we were written up by the new york times yeah. all that type of stuff you know so that's when you know that you're doing important work yeah and i'm really excited to see like what comes from that yeah. after the fact because you know we set the bar high yeah. And and now people have to meet it. Right. So just in terms of your personal drink, because you 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 know, you guys had to pair with a bu- everybody essentially and figure out if they were a match um, personally and because of the show. And then you ended up with Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious about like takeaways from that and like sort of that journey coming out of, you know, obviously winning, finding your match and then. Did that give you any information? Because I you know you guys aren't together now, but mm-hmm. I don't know. If somebody was like, here's your perfect match, I'd be like, oh, how interesting. What does this mean? I don't know. What does this mean? You know, a computer told me this, and now I don't like. I, I don't know what to take away from it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Uh, I have feelings about the matchmaking process. Sure. But... You know, that aside, um, I think that I learned way more about myself through this process than I ever anticipated. Mm. And I think I learned more about like the entire I learned more about myself by going through the entire journey than just specifically finding out like who my match was. Right. Um, Just because I I actually realized. Here's the deal. I feel like I got put in this like this like queer dating intensive. (laughs) (laughs) Because yes. I was I was in a house of not just all queer people, but all people who held each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And I thank everyone for that. And I and I realized that I was being really like emotionally irresponsible for a little while. Mm. And I didn't understand even like why. Like I was just kind of doing it. 
And I realized that like part of it definitely comes from my self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also the other part of realizing that um, I just, I hadn't, we had a whole conversation at the end of the show where, so we regularly had um, sessions with Dr. Frankie. They just didn't make all the episodes because there was a lot of other stuff happening, right? right? We had this really, really gorgeous session at the end where we all talked about like how we grew and how we learned and like we were all sobbing at the end. Mm -hmm. Like we're all are still like, can that be an extra clip, please? Yeah. Like MTV, are you listening? <laughs> um, but I had spoken up and I was like, you know, what I realized is that I had a really hard time being a hundred percent honest with people because I had come from a really unforgiving past of mm -hmm. when I had been honest, I had not, uh, I had not been celebrated for that or I had been like shunned or something like that, you know, being honest about my sexuality and my gender and my own parents not accepting it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I also came out of dating someone who was, really really terrible to me mm. um I dated someone right when I started to transition that like <sighs> it just really fucked me up and said some really terrible things and was like an extreme narcissist mm. and I I that really messed with me and so there was a lot of points in my life where I had tried to have hard conversations and they didn't go over well and so I I put up this guard and this shield of like well I I I found that I was almost telling people what they wanted to hear because I felt like then they wouldn't run away from me. Yeah. And I was really scared of that, you know? Like, the unfortunate part is, like, I know that there are a lot of us on the cast that don't have incredible backgrounds. You know, they've had, some of them have had easier lives than others, but I'm definitely on the end of not having an incredible life. Mm -hmm. And that totally informs, like, why I was the way that I was. However, through this process and, like, working through that, you know, I, I've told Jenna, like, girl went hard on me, and I was like, all right, you could have eased up maybe a little bit. <laughs> but also, I've told her, I'm like, thank you. You put me through the ringer. You made me really look at myself and be like, whoa, like, you've got some shit you got to work through. And then I realized, like, then by having the conversations with those people in the house and realizing, like, hey, I actually, I am hurting you. You're right. I'm sorry about that. And I'm yeah. realizing why and where that's coming from, that these people then were willing to receive me and right. realize, like, yeah. oh, it's okay. Not everybody's going to run away from me just because I'm not putting on this, this perfect facade, yeah. you know. So I learned a big lesson in, like, forgiveness and honesty and that there will be people that love me even when I mess up. And that was a really, really big like realization for me you know well, and even taking that it seemed like through the trajectory of the show like you really took it to heart and shifted well yeah when you've got a whole group of people looking at you saying like yeah. hey we care and this is what's right. going on like you can be an idiot and say whatever or you can actually listen and i did and i was like whoa and i had this moment and and even the producers there were plenty of scenes of me like crying in confessionals that no one saw that i was just like oh my god fuck like what am i doing you know yeah and and I'm happy that I did it because I I never I've said this more than once but like I never thought I would go on a reality dating show and come out of it a better version of myself. <laughs> yeah. but I'm like whoa! <laughs> I like learned That's like some trippy whoa. shit. <laughs> no right? Like yeah. wh who would have thought? Like I'm. This is gonna be one of those things when I'm like fucking 50 and i'm like remember that time had i like learned more about myself in a one month <laughs> filming period than i ever did yeah yeah, yeah totally so 
but it's translated really positively into my real life and also into the friendships I've continued with these people and it feels really good yeah you know? and then going off of Danny being my match yeah. like if anything that just taught me that I really just need someone who balances me out right you know like yeah. that's what it is it's like you know, I I was gung ho about Jenna, and I love that girl to death. But she is fire, and <laughs> so I also can be like that, like sure. Virgo rising Scorpio for a reason. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so like yeah. her and I, she doesn't like to be wrong, and neither do I. And that's where that comes from, you know, as opposed yeah. to the patience that Danny had. Danny is a bit too tame for me, and yeah. that's that's fine. He's him, and I'm me, and that's that. But personality wise I understand that then I get that and I analyze things a little bit more and that's why even like my current partner bless her sweet little Pisces like I'm like (laughs) that's what I needed I just needed Pisces in my life (laughs) so yeah that's amazing uh and you guys just went to Folsom Mm -hmm. right which is a that's it. Yeah, Folsom Street Fair happens every year up in San Francisco. It's a BDSM and leather festival. So that's now on my list. Now that I know there. about it, I'm I really want to go. I mean, if you're talking about like the epitome of yeah. no shame, like that's the place to go. Like if you don't want to feel shame about your body or sex or anything like that, like there's such a celebration of bodies mm-hmm. there that just you, you unlike any place else. Well, I, I found that like I've been dipping my toe into these communities. Um, you know, there's like, I don't know if you've been to Bar Sinister, which is like a pretty tame version Mm -hmm. of like a light BDSM sort of club, whatever. But what I have found that I find absolutely beautiful is the exact same thing. It's Mm -hmm. like you wear your weird on your sleeve. You're like, it's open. Everybody is accepted for who they are. You know, we all have our hangups, whatever, but it's so, there's so much more permission to just be than putting on like a whole facade and And that's and that was the thing that I enjoyed the most is that like when I'm in those environments, um, all that stuff I was referencing about like you get really cerebral and then you're like, oh, you're overthinking things and living in the real world just makes you think all this stuff like in those environments. I don't feel any I I just feel like myself and I'm not overthinking it and I and I feel comfortable and I feel celebrated as is and I feel Mm -hmm. I just feel good and I feel like I'm the best version of myself I'm kind to people I'm accepting I'm all of that you know yeah yeah my acting teacher I love her to death she talks about like when our brains get really involved it's because we're doing something that's not like in alignment with Mm. where we're supposed to be and that like when you start to have to think a lot and justify and whatever like you know, take a moment because like your body knows where it wants to go and where learn it wants to trust to be. my gut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you're amazing. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you for being so open and honest and just wonderful. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Twitter at Twitter. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You got at Twitter as a handle. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I really. You were the first. <laughs> I used my check to buy that one. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at Kai double underscore Wes. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then your girlfriend makes leather goods. Oh, yeah. Let's awesome. shout out. My yeah. beautiful girlfriend makes incredible custom leather accessories and latex. Um, you can find her at Sailor Bones. Sailor spelled S-A-Y-L-O-R. That's her last name. Cool. Shout out to Kendra. She's amazing. Super <laughs> talented. And even taught me how to make my own leather now. So. Yeah, you're wearing it. Just so you know, anybody who orders it, I probably helped make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sweet. Thank yeah. you so much. Woo! Ooh, boy. Oh, you joined me. Yeah, I tried. That's so exciting. Yeah, well, you know, new, it's a new leaf. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god how great was that it was so great how obsessed is everybody with kai we're obsessed with kai. kai's amazing kai's amazing um so follow them and uh their girlfriend mm-hmm. for leather goods um and latex because uh, it's awesome and please follow us and subscribe listen share um on social media we're at finding my yum podcast on instagram and facebook you can email us at finding my yum at gmail.com yes please uh we are always looking for more guests um of any different type so please send in your suggestions or questions we'll do a mailbag episode soon maybe. yeah because we have so many questions. So much mail. <laughs> so much mail. You've got mail. Oh, I kind of miss that. Yeah. I never had that. You never had AOL? No. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> on that note, on that downer of a note. <laughs> Yay!